welcome to another episode of Unboxed. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our channel and give us a like. Uh, for today's episode, I have a lot of lovely black dancers from Vancouver with us. And um, I'll just let them go ahead and introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Kia. Yeah. I'm 17 years old. Um, I just graduated high school. I've been dancing since grade eight. Um, like actual like street dancing and then like cultural dancing you know I've been learning here and there you know as part of the culture you know since I was a kid um yeah that's it that's it uh hi I'm Rory I'm 24 uh I'm currently a ecological management student and urban planning student uh I'm in my last semester of studying actually which is awesome had to be done uh I've been dancing uh, in Vancouver for a while now, I started off with Epiphany back in the day. That's kind of how I met Delfina. Uh, transitioned over into Praise Team, where I've kind of spent most of my dance history. So it's been in Surrey uh, and then basically all over the place. So I'm excited to be here and talk to you guys. What's up, y'all? Uh, my name is Leo. I am 27 years old. Um, I'm originally from Edmonton, Alberta, and I've been living in Vancouver since 2015. Um, my training goes back to Edmonton I guess I started when I was about uh, 15 16 but then uh, after I graduated high school I took some time off and then once I moved to Vancouver um, I didn't actually join a team or anything but I worked with a lot of um, I worked closely with a lot of uh, teachers at Vancouver like um, Shauna Smith um, Kelvin Tu, um, Prince Nee he's in this panel as well shout out um, Jerome Spana yeah classic but um, yeah, uh, uh, don't ask me what uh, my profession is going to be because COVID got me all effed up and uh, your boy is looking into some alter options, but uh, other options, but. Um, Starting OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why you gotta expose me? Just kidding. But um, yeah, that's me. Yo. Uh, my name's Jason, also go by Brother Jason. Um, I've been dancing on and off basically my whole life, like since I was a kid, um, around the age of like 10 or 12 is when I like first learned to moonwalk. Uh, after that, I like, <laughs> I like really started to take it seriously. I was like, yo, I, if MJ can move like that, like I got to at least try it. Cause that's, I, I can't not watch that and not try. So. Uh, I started to get into hip hop, uh, popping here and there, you know, just dabbling in a couple different things. Um, but I would say my main styles right now are between crump, hip hop, and a little bit of contemporary Afrobeat. And yeah, those things sprinkled in there. Um, I was born in Nova Scotia, raised in Vancouver, and yeah, Ganyan descent. Hi. Um, I'm Tasha, I'm 27, uh, Jamaican descent. Um, I started dancing from really young age, but I was never trained. Um, I got into it actually just because I just love to move. And um, I never really realized that I needed training. So um, it was a big eye opener when I traveled to places that I would see these actually trained dancers um in jazz and ballet and i'd be like oh i don't know how to do any of that stuff but all i knew how to do was express my feelings and um that's what i really took with me 
I started off with dancehall and then I moved into more Afrobeats and now I'm kind of between all those and then doing street jazz as well. On the side, I'm an event curator, but COVID. So um, I'm actually going into marketing and uh, going to use my talents there. Come on. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Um, my name is Ani. I go by Prince in the uh, arts world. Uh, I'm an educator, dancer, uh, teacher here in Vancouver, uh, originally from West Africa, Ghana. Um, and yet you already know, don't know. <laughs> um, my training, uh, my training is extensively uh, in Afrobeats and hip hop dance, um, but in terms of choreography, my choreography encompasses uh, other styles as well, or is inspired by other styles as well. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. What about you, AJ? What up, everybody? I'm AJ Camber. Uh, I go by Megman in the dance industry. Um, I've been doing it since 2005. I've been doing popping and hip hop, crump, uh, Memphis joking. Um, I, I stopped doing crump. I did crump earlier. And then Ambu um, dancing or stepping. Uh, yeah, I'm in the crew heavy hitters, Sobotics crew. Uh, my training has been on the streets and then Literally, then I took choreo when I was in high school. Choreo classes from Megan Jones, and I am also oh, an educator and consultant with Prince Me, talking about the African diaspora to many different uh, companies across British Columbia and Canada. So yeah. Period. Period. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Jasmine. Um, I'm 22. I am a retired dancer. I danced from when I was about 8 to 18 with Praise Team and then I moved to Montreal and danced out there for a year. Um, now I just graduated with my undergrad in psych. I start my master's in the fall. Um, yeah, that's about everything. <laughs> okay, so I'm Delphina. I'm 24. I started dancing uh, with my high school team in 2009, 2008. And then I joined the studio praise team with some of you lovely individuals here. And uh, yeah, I danced with them for a few years, maybe until 2016, 2017. Uh, I kind of took, I took breaking, popping, whacking, just dibbled in a little bit here and there. And I did tap for some time with Jasmine as well. And yeah, cool. So, uh, thank you guys all for joining me today. I'm very excited. Um, so, to start off, I, I want to check in a little bit. I know it's been some time since we've seen uh, the whole, like, Black Lives Matter movement, like, really come to light in social media. Um, I just kind of want to get everyone's feel on it, how they're really feeling, seeing people share it more on the internet um, now that it's fully coming into realization and awareness for other people. Um, how, what, how are we feeling? How mentally, emotionally, what are our thoughts on it? So for myself, um, uh, at this particular point right now, um, 
I mean, I don't know about you guys, but speaking for myself, I feel a little bit more um, calm, I guess, uh, just because I feel that the last few weeks, um, you know, black or not, uh, we've all kind of realized a lot of things. Um, and I made a post saying something similar along these lines that uh, we've all realized a lot of things. And it's safe to say that like, you know, who we are, who we were before all of this, um, you know, that version of ourselves and of the world almost, I feel like is dead and gone. And so now it's, I feel like we're now kind of like reassessing who we are because I know for all, I mean, like even for myself, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm half Jamaican, I'm Jamaican, African and indigenous myself. And, so, and I know for me, um, the events that have happened over the last little while have really kind of ignited um, my, um, I guess, pride within, within my heritage, but also um, uh, what I'm trying to say is, is that I, now that I've kind of like reassessed who I am and like, I feel almost like kind of a responsibility, I guess, to remain uh, as, I don't want to use the word hype, but I mean, like, as basically as hype as all of this has been over the last little while, I feel like it's 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 so important to like be somebody who um, I guess kind of like shakes the table. I guess when I feel like the the air is starting to get a little too comfortable, um, because you know I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen too just how like social media is kind of it feels like it's going back to normal in a sense, but with that being said, you know, I am happy to see like, you know, there was, there was a march um, uh, last week as well. Um, and, you know, that made me really happy to see that there, and the turnout was just like massive. It was just massive. So um, it's nice to see that as far as Vancouver goes, um, it's nice to see that so many people are still um, down for the fight and down to, carry on and you know um uh not let this be something that is just a little trend sorry d can you repeat your question one more time mm -hmm. so this is just a kind of like a little check-in like how we've been feeling since mm -hmm. kind of the pop-off um i know it's mm -hmm. been a while since the initial bump in the bell curve but uh mm -hmm. yeah just to just to see how we've been feeling and any really kind of direction you want to take this neil quick go ahead uh, <laughs> not the full name. Um, I'm lit. I feel great. Um, just in the sense of, I feel like this was necessary. Um, someone, uh, one of my friends I talked to, uh, they were telling me that their pastor called 2020 the year of revealing. In the sense that everything that has been going on in the dark or everything that has been hidden is going to come to the light. Uh, and, and I feel like that includes things that includes things in people's personal lives as well as it does uh, within uh, the collective community. Um, so honestly, I feel like this this was necessary. Uh, it was necessary that this happened for us to grow into the society that we claim to be. Um, and so, in that sense, yes, I mean the. For me, the collective awakening is a great thing to see, right? Because at the end of the day, in terms of like the racism, the systemic racism within the country of police brutality, we've been being killed. 
This is not anything new. Um, but the fact that people are waking up to it is a good thing, right? Um, and also that there's actually people who are willing to learn. That's again, been a very, very great thing to see. So in that sense, I feel like as, as trying in the sense of um, engagement as it has been in terms of like, for me, I've kind of put it upon myself to be a cultural ambassador for dance studios and dancers within the city. Um, I've been getting a lot of questions and even though it has been tiring to see that people want to learn is a beautiful thing where people were ignorant before. So, I mean, in that sense, I'm, it's great. I definitely agree. Um, for me, I, I think that one of the main things was that I was so used to being put on, like in high school, um, like no one here has been, like was in high school with me, but like my little sister could even attest to it. I was very, very big on these kinds of things, like all throughout high school. I used to get in trouble because I was so, I mean, I, like, I guess aggressive in a way about like about all these things you know and now that this is all happening there are a bunch of kids that are coming up to me that used to like try to get me in trouble in high school they were like I'm so sorry that I didn't see it in this type of way like I didn't see it blah 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 and I also have people saying like hey you should come out with a video like so and so and so are doing and then like maybe people will listen to you and I'm like hey I've been saying the same thing for the past six years why don't you listen to the same things I've been saying for the past six years mm -hmm. Why don't you listen to that? Because you know that I've been saying it. You know what I have been saying. So why is it that you need to now need a, th you need a three minute video from the same thing that I've been telling you for six years? Why do you now need a video? Like, is that gonna make you listen? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's the same for me because yeah, we went to the same high school. We are surrounded by the same people all the time, you know what I'm saying? And like, we've both been extremely vocal about all of these things being like the only like one out of three people in our grad classes and all that. And I think it's just more like, where have you been? Like, were you, were you ever really listening when you're hearing, like when people DM you like, oh, I feel you, I understand your pain, I'm standing with you. Were you really though? Were you really though? Like what took you so long? Like, exactly. And people always use the excuse like, I'm young and naive. I'm like, we're the Bro. same age. We're the same age, Saweetie. So what's really the excuse? Like, what's really the, what's really the, like, like ignorance is only bliss. Like, it's not bliss for me because it's affecting me. You know what I'm saying? It's it's negative, negatively affecting me. And it's cool for you because, like, no matter what the outcome is, it's not going to affect you. But I'm like, if you're really standing with me and you're really understanding me, then why won't you listening to me in the first place? Is it just because you're afraid of getting called out for not, like, hopping on the bandwagon? Is it because you're afraid that like if you don't support you're gonna like lose friends like it's really like do you really believe what you're saying are you really like in it you know what i'm saying i feel like that's oh, more can, of it for okay. me if you know i don't say i can interject i can i can understand our like our collective uh disappointment in the sense of like it almost feels like people are doing it because it's the hype thing right now right um but as as people as black people, who I guess people have been coming to, we need to be careful about how we communicate with people because we could be turning away potential allies. Mm -hmm. right? If people weren't listening before, we have their attention now. So rather than beat them up about us not having their attention before, 
we need to make sure we're using the fact that we have their attention now to educate them. If they were ignorant before, we know they were ignorant before. Let's make it so that they're not ignorant. And keep in mind, that's only if you're choosing to have the role of an educator. You have mm-hmm. every right to be like, fuck off. I don't want to teach you nothing. As a black person, you have every right to do that because it is not our job to teach people, right? They, they One, they should have known. Two, they should be educating themselves. If they, um, if they are, but again, if they are now uh, open to learning, we need to be, uh, again, careful of the way we communicate with them. Because but I also feel like we have to tread lightly in that sense as well, because if, you, if someone is only willing to be an ally, if you're spoon feeding and being nice to them, 100%. then are they really an ally? Yeah. You know I what agree. I'm saying? Like, at this age, like, I can understand like, baby stepping like, with some of my friends, because they haven't lived like, the life experiences of people that are older, whatever. But if you're grown, mm-hmm. And you're talking about some, oh, I didn't know. Like, are mm. you really, are you sure? Are you sure you didn't know? Or do you just do, not want to see? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so, uh, if you're only going to be an ally if when you're comfortable, then you're going to have to, you're going to have to exit stage left. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to be uncomfortable. And These I conversations that, yeah, aren't comfortable. There is They're definitely not. like a point like where people have to like accept the fact that it is going to be a hard conversation. It is going to be uncomfortable exactly. for you. And it has been hard for us. Why do you think now? I have to treat you like a baby especially if you've been saying something for the longest time trying to tell someone the exact same thing like literally treat others the way you want to be treated Mm -hmm. kind of thing but like take into consideration my black experience my history all these things I feel like the hype is kind of a little bit of a disrespect because now you want to jump on it like those messages that I get from people who treated me not the greatest in the past I feel like it's a little bit disrespectful yeah Because if you're not acknowledging your wrong before trying to do right, then is it really genuine? Like you need to, you need to address this part before getting over here. You know what I'm saying? Question question for all of us then in this sense, because for me personally, I don't want that one white boy who called me a Negro or a nigger in grade four to be messaging me, apologizing me about the fact that- (laughs) Not a nigger. He said a nigger. Right. He said, he said, can I call you nigger? <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about you. Like, I don't care about you. So in, in that me. sense, in the sense of, I agree with you that people should be acknowledging the fact that they did wrong in the past and making moves so that they can educate themselves. Because again, it is not solely our job. But what people are not going to be doing is messaging every black person that they have done. Oh, of course not. Of course not. To, and apologizing for it. Because honestly, at this point, we don't give a fuck. We're being killed in the streets. We have other things to be worried about than your white guilt or your guilt in any way, shape, or form. So, I mean, oh, I if it's that. on your mind that. and you remember, I won't. I don't mind a DM talking about. Okay. I'm sorry for bullying you at elementary no, yeah. like, I'm sorry for bullying you. Like, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. That's my ego. Thank See, you. like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, think a, I think there's a difference in the messages though like I think there's a difference in the message that I did this wrong to you and like I'm sorry like I feel like there is still like context behind mm-hmm. it besides like aside from the message is things are things need to change like now I see clearly blah blah blah, blah, blah. like I feel like if you are, quotes back to yeah, like please. if you are going directly to the person that has like oppressed you kind of thing that you've mm-hmm. like hurt them and you can say like listen this is what I did to you and I really remember it and I feel bad about it like that's a different message than oh you're my one black friend that I thought of I hope you're feeling okay 
Those are different yeah. messages. Those are totally Oh my goodness, different. that happened to me. Yeah. That literally I happened. Like, I, I see you. I started getting I that too. I yeah, I've been getting that. that. I've been getting a lot like, of those. I've been getting a lot of messages I've that have been, been saying, oh, hey, I just wanted to reach out to you just to tell you that I love you and that I'm there for you. And I'm like, thank you. Really nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks. Like, who, who is the message for? Like, like I understand what you're trying to say, but exactly that's my point. Is this more for you and your guilt or is it for me and exactly. my race and yeah, where like, I come from? I've been getting a lot of uh, like donation offers as well, which I've been feeling a little bit after I spoke out the first time. Um, <laughs> donation? No, I'm not even kidding. Let me drop my paper. I had it in my, um, like my requested messages, and I had a girl from uh, one of our meetings from before, and she said, like, I appreciate you for reaching out for your struggle. Like, I, I think that deserves compensation. And personally i've been having people come to me and ask me for advice on how to move and honestly it's not my job to teach you so if i'm teaching you and giving you advice Run me my money. It's <laughs> what I'm saying. Drop the PayPal. Drop the PayPal. Drop the PayPal. I was born culturally sensitive. No, I had to do my own research. If you want me to do exactly. the research, I did it to you. Um, but the worst, but the worst is that some people, some people will literally ask you and you take your time because you're generous. You take your time giving them voluntarily the education for them to be like, Mm. I'm gonna do it my way, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do it my way. Like what? Wow. You just wasted my. Run me my money. Like give me the money. <laughs> if you're going to waste my time, run me. I googled stuff so you didn't have to. I did all yeah. this research in advance. Right. I sent you right. the links. Right. I did all these things. You could have easily done all these things yourself, easily. But I decided to do it because I was like, hey. Maybe they'll take it more it's seriously hard. coming it's from hard an actual find, black like, person. Facts, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. it's hard it to is. find reliable sources. And, like, especially when you get into, like, subcultures of black people, you know, like, yeah. talking about, like, the LGBTQ, you're talking about, like, dance community, you're talking about, like, different cultures within the black mm -hmm. community as a whole. Like, it's hard to find reliable sources. And since we've done the research and since we know the people, like, why not give it to you? But if you're not going to listen... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't mind. I don't mind educating. I don't mind educating at all. As long as you are going to listen, as long as you're going to respect me, and as long as you're going to hear my point and try and see it from my shoes, not from you trying to look from your shoes into my shoes, try and put yourself in my situation and where I've come from and what I had to deal with watching all this stuff on tv and then me growing up being like i don't even is my hair nice like i don't even know like do i have nice hair and you know all these questions that we have about ourselves that they didn't have because it was right there in front of them mm -hmm. and if i'm going to explain that to somebody give you all the information i need for you to actually take that and i have some friends who are woke and they're like okay like you know like i see where you're coming from i don't even they don't even have to ask me they'll ask me the simplest things they'll be like oh like what's like the type of food that you eat every day or like you're the kind of fruit in Jamaica or something, you know? And I'll be like, oh, it's Aki and Selfish. We eat it every day. Da, 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 da. This is where it came from. It's the national dish. 
you know, like I'm okay doing that as long as they are people who are open to actually understanding, not being like, okay, I'm hearing you and I'm going to move on. I can't deal with that. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think there are a lot of people that there are a lot of people that aren't, they say that they're willing to learn, but they're not. So we kind of have that like tunnel vision that everybody's like that. Like sometimes I forget that there are people that are actually willing to learn. Like sometimes I'll have people being like, Hey, like, I'm sorry if I'm wasting your time. And I'm sorry if like you, you don't, you don't have to do this. Like you don't have to tell me this and this and this, but like, I would really, really love to know like this and this. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, Hmm. All right. Like Mm -hmm. I'll show you this and this and this, like I'll share my information with you. I'll share what I have. And they're actually feeding into it. They want, they want to be part of the conversation, like not within it as if they're black, but like they want to be, with like they want to know more and they want to learn which is very very enlightening that works for me. for me and that makes me feel like there are actually people there that like care to learn and care to like want to know more about the culture whether it be like dance music like what we eat what we wear the stuff that we go through on a daily basis you know which is very very enlightening for me Okay, so so I want to I want to interject here. Sorry, before yeah. I kind of want to take another turn here. Uh, is there anything anyone else want, would like to say who hasn't said something yet, just to add to this little bit? Okay, we good. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, I kind of want to uh, synthesize this a little bit more. I kind of want to take a turn uh, and really highlight, yeah, what our experience is in the dance community coming from dance, uh, being Black culture-oriented. I want us to be able to also, like, talk about um, a time that our blackness was really put under the spotlight. I know in my experience and some of you that I've danced with, um, there have only been like one or two other black dancers that we've been able to interact with. And sometimes their interaction is great between the our other black counterpart. And then sometimes the interaction I find can change depending on who else is around us. Um, if anybody is really comfortable to share a time that they felt like their blackness was really put under, a, like, under spotlight. Okay, could, well, I'll go because yeah. I could, I 100% agree with you. This is what usually happens, is that for me, it's either I am in competition with the other black girl, which I don't want to be, but just, it just so happens that it's like, okay, you're the other black girl, and there can only be one black girl. Me and girl, you are the only black girls on Matheson. What are you talking that about? That shouldn't be how it is. <laughs> it's like, either we're like besties or like we're in competition. And that should not be how it is. But I find that as soon as I get on a team or even taking class, like, there's like, and I feel like maybe it's between like even the black community, like, there's like this weird competition that goes on and it either makes it uncomfortable or you're really like you already know the person and so y'all have a vibe but i feel like as a black person taking class like we can become the front runners because there's a certain understanding that we have of our own culture 
that um, that reflects from us and then onto the rest. But um, I find that's get that gets blocked and jaded because um, some of us some sometimes it just happens that we worry about what other people are gonna think. Oh, what are they gonna think if we all do, the only two black girls are together? Like that's so stereotypical. Or like, okay, like I'm gonna stand over here. You said, you know, like there's just always this weird dynamic that goes on. And if we were to make sure that we don't let other people separate us, the strength and unity that we would have would be so strong, especially in classes. I can go. Um, so I grew up. I, I never realized that my blackness was put on a spotlight actually until Delphina messaged me about this podcast and I was thinking and I was like, whoa. Um, I grew up and I was on like the main junior competition team for Praise Team. It was called CNC and I loved it, but I was the only non-Filipino dancer there. And I remember for years and years, for every competition, every performance, every dancer on the team would have a slicked back ponytail. But my thing was that my coach would always make me do an afro. And I don't have that kind of hair. Like my hair is like loose curls. I'm half black. Like I can't do an afro. But every single time it was like, Jasmine, you know, you get the afro. Like, no, you don't just get like a curly ponytail when everyone else's ponytail is straight. It was like, no, pass the pics around the circle. Everyone takes my hair. It honestly just looked like I like stuck my finger in like an electrical socket. Like I had just like a frizzy mess. Like I did not have an afro at all. And it's funny to think back. It also, it was never like, you know, like, oh, my hoop fell out. <laughs> it was never like, <laughs> um, oh, you know, like Jasmine's a really good dancer. Like, let's make her shine. It was like, okay, Jasmine's black. So she gets an Afro. She's still going to get back center, but <laughs> like, you know, that was all it was. Um, and it wasn't until like, I started to dance with Delphina and like, I had like a partner, like, we could, you know, have an opposite because my thing was always like back center and like on our team, like I never did the Afro and I was like, whoa, like this is different. We can all just have a bun and like do the same thing before that. That was like all I ever knew was just, you know, being the token black dancer. Yeah, that's my experience. <laughs> so you were uh, the opposite. Bro, I totally relate with the hair thing because I think it's a common experience within like all black girls in dance. But my thing is with braids, okay. okay, so when people, okay, so the first time I was like wearing braids and dance, not first time, but like the first time someone commented on it, they're like, I love your dreads. I was like, well, they're not dreads, they're braids. And people don't want to learn. They, people don't want to learn the difference. So they're like, well, it's the same thing. I'm like, no, it's not. It really is not. So, and people get offended when you correct them. And like, people don't want to like, I don't know, like why people get so about like when you try to correct them about your culture but you know whatever and so I remember um someone was trying to choreograph something and they're like oh this song says shake your dreads and I was like uh excuse me they're like you should like whip your hair I was like um pause not the dreads pause rewind 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 because like I know you wouldn't ask anybody else to do that. I know you wouldn't say that to anyone else. Like, and it's just weird. It's just weird how they try to take black culture because you know you would clock them. They would. They know that you would clock them if they tried to wear it themselves and then put it on stage. So they try to make you wear it, kind of like a character, a caricature, 
on stage and make it look like cool and trendy and fun i'm like i'm not doing that like that's weird it's it's weirdo behavior and that's not something i want to do in the, like and that's not how i want to present myself as a dancer and even then like if you won't do it then like i saw this at multiple competitions like people wearing cornrows people wearing like box braids have their edges done door knocker hoops and everything they're acting stereotypically ghetto like a black like a stereotypical black woman i'm like you don't have to front like this you don't have to front like this at competitions like that's not who you are that's not what dance is and this is like one of my biggest fights is that the performative like hip-hopness like what they think hip-hop is i feel like that's always when i've been single when i felt singled out as a black person because this is what i am this is who i am and y'all are putting on on like a costume and then taking it off like like when you want to like it's, it's very it's very weird it's very weird and it just i don't know if you guys can like relate to that like when you walk into a, a competition you see people like with braided cornrows and they're like ah, ah, and you're like oh <laughs> oh my goodness where you, um, there was a dance competition actually that um, is called Footloose, right? And there was a team that performed, like a high school team, and their theme was gang or something like that. And one was dressed in, I can't remember if it was blue, literally blue and red or like purple and pink or something like that, but they literally had cornrows in their hair to make themselves look tough. And they were trying to like play the part as if they were bloods and crits. And chains. And, and chains. chains. And like they looked like they had grills in their teeth. They were trying to like uh, like show off their teeth. I was like, what? Is this what our you know, is this what our culture really is to you? Wow. You say you want to embrace the culture, but like that's not the culture. Like wow. that's not you showcasing your love for our culture. That's you trying to play a part. And the answer is yes they were in case you were wondering. Yes. I, I think this kind of comes into like something like, like a thought that David and I kind of like touched on before. Um, authentic versus inauthentic teaching. Um, I think there is, there are like certain styles of dance, like Afro and even just like, da like dances that we can get like maybe straight from our black teachers compared to those who are trying to jump on the hype and like just looked at something on YouTube and wanted to throw this in but also don't give any context to the history of certain moves because I know a lot of Afro dancers like have names specific names that and you know go on different they're from different countries they from different you know subgroups all these things I think there's like a strong absence in how we teach that to our students, right? Even in, I don't know, in high school, I don't rem really remember getting any hip hop history from it, but I think like the one thing that I really got the most like history learning from hip hop, like foundations was when I was taking breaking. Like my teacher really made like an effort to like tell us like the teachers, like the foundations of hip hop, gave, burned us all DVDs, told us like, watch this, like this will like help you like at least like understand. Don't like, even get me started right? with that part. I will, <laughs> I can go in for hours. Oh, no, it was about DJ Herc. I mean, it was DJ, the, uh, it was a DVD about DJ Herc, not just some random hip hop DVD, but yeah, you know, open floor, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest problem, and as me as a street dance activist, and I confidently tell people that 
I've paid my dues. To be a complete dancer, you gotta be able to pick up a routine and you gotta be able to freestyle and dance. Every studio I've went to, that I well, 90% of them, the first thing they try to call what I'm doing, I do primary popping, secondary hip hop. And they say, okay, we're gonna teach a hip hop class. I'm like, okay, if I'm, we're gonna teach hip hop, they gotta understand hip hop from everything where it came from, the whole element foundation and pure of hip hop. DJ Coolheart, what are the five elements of hip hop? Who, who was African Bambada? What are the party dances? What are the foundation, et cetera, et cetera. No, we just wanna learn a routine. That's not hip hop. Hip hop is not about learning routines. That's one element of street dance. If you wanna learn different, different styles of dance, don't call it hip hop, call it street dance. Hip hop is its own style. Street dance is encompassing hip hop, popping, locking, house, b-boy, crumping, whacking, Memphis joking, jitting, Chicago footwork, the whole et cetera, et cetera. So the biggest problem that I've had in specifically Vancouver is one, I tell many people, I'm like, you're very good at copying. You are the best copycat I've ever seen in my life. You do not know how to dance. Why don't you know how to dance? Why are you so focused on copying other people, but you don't know how to have make your own freestyle? And we teachers, I blame teachers because teachers are teaching students how to copy, but they're not teaching them how to be original and they're not teaching them how to um, express themselves on stage by themselves. You can do a solo on stage if they choreograph it for you, or when it comes to freestyle on stage, it's like, no, 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 no. I, I don't do this. And I've been shut out so many times in the past from 2011, 12, 13, 14. I've told so many Vancouver studios this. This is why I moved to Vancouver Island because they didn't give me love. So I said, I'm going to the island. I'm going to do me. I'm going to build my kids over there. Some kids from Vancouver. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to rep Vancouver. And then people start going and say, oh, AJ, can you come teach here? No, 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 no. I see your funny business. That's the huge problem. But now with this Black Lives Matter, movement everybody wants to listen everyone wants to listen because of suffering where were you in 2013 where were you in 2014 this that's the big that's the huge problem and prince nee can also touch on that because we've discussed this it is prime example of being a culture vulture watering down the style sorry i went on a rant no it's fine i thought i was i had to be scared or something. the thing is with with teachers in the city is that um, there are teachers in the city who know their stuff. There's teachers who are teaching here who know their stuff, but people just right. don't know about them. That's where right? people don't know about Natasha Gori, the Natasha Gori's and the AJ's and the Roberta's and the Hannah Henny's and the you were speaking on Afro dance. In my class, I teach, whenever I teach Afro dance, I teach people the vocabulary because the vocab, <laughs> Need, what people need to understand about dance in general is that I equate, I equate dance vocabulary to words. You need to understand what words mean in order to form a sentence. If you don't understand what the words mean, your sentence is going to be jumbled and it's not going to make sense, right? So with that being said, if, you, if people are taking class consistently from someone who does not understand their vocabulary, then I also blame the student because it's the students have a responsibility in making sure that they're learning from someone who knows their shit, right? So it's not, it's not to say that there aren't people in the city who 
teach properly because there are there are phenomenal teachers not just black ones there are some white people in the city who be dancing and who respect the culture right we just need to we we can't we can't um block them out because of i don't want to say because of a few rotten apples because that sounds like i'm talking about cops but because of like because of but i mean at the same time if there's a rotten apples, that means AJ's dad said this today at the talk where we're at. If there's rotten apples, that means the tree is spoiled. <laughs> so we need to. It's it's a whole system that needs to be fixed and and changed in order for that to happen. Uh, there there needs to be again this collective awakening, which again is what is happening. So yes, it's frustrating because we've been like we've been saying this for years. We've been saying this from time, but now we have people's attention. So what are we going to do with the attention we have now? To be honest, um, when Blackout Tuesday happened, I was, am I muted? No? Okay, great. Um, when Blackout Tuesday happened, I was shocked that my teacher canceled class for the day. They're like, because um, take this time to go and do your research on hip hop and Black culture because I was shocked. I was like, wait, is this for real happening? Like that's never happened before. Okay. Like people be dying up in the streets and nobody's ever been like, okay, um, pause, like go and educate, take this time, go and educate yourself. She was saying this to like everybody. She said, go educate yourself. I was shocked. And just to what you were saying me about, um, Natasha Gori and the other dancers is I feel like these people now Natasha Gori is white, but that girl whoa like she mm -hmm. knows she knows everything and she is she's one of those people where i'm talking about where she is somebody who educates herself and she pays respect mm -hmm. to her the style she gives it a hundred percent commitment and when she is dancing she's talking to you she's explaining to you so she's actually learned what we have what the struggle has been like and then she, the way that that comes out you should y'all need to see her dance like, her but what yeah yeah it's it's, yeah. it's amazing like when you watch her Forget dance, natasha you gotta say this is diamonds diamonds are yeah the diamonds like, in yes. the rough diamonds, bro yes. diamonds, diamonds in the rough 100%. 100%. diamonds is a problem they have been educated they are the, they are the dancing they be and they've this been is, in like when people when people are like okay, okay i need to watch myself because i don't want to be name dropping when people are taking class from people because oh i could i could <laughs> <man than me. laughs> i would name drop so hard right now <laughs> but but that's not what we're here to do so because because people are again are taking from these choreography dancers because they're not hip just because they wear the clothes and try to speak our slang and listen, and listen to our music does not make them hip-hop dancers right, because they don't understand the culture. When people take from these choreography dancers and they're calling it hip hop, when there's other teachers around and those teachers have three people in their class, I'm like, students, what are you doing? Why are you going to so-and-so's class to get a nice video when so-and-so's class, who is teaching you culture, has three people in their class? Training, this, real this training. Is, this is the thing, this is the thing with, with um, dancers nowadays in general, is that people yeah, don't same, want same. to learn our culture. People want a video. Mm -hmm. They want a final. They want a final product. They are, like in all honesty. That's why, if you truly loved and appreciated a culture, you would want to learn everything you could about it. 
right? They don't love the culture. They love the gratification they get when they're portraying the culture. Yes. Those are two very different things. <laughs> very different things. And if, if, if we need to recognize that, and if they don't recognize that within themselves, then at the same time, I'm like, I can't help you with your performative ass. I really can't. <laughs> I think there is also a certain permissiveness we give certain people that if they have a certain rep, they have a certain clout, we let them get away with certain things. And whether or not... I roast those people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, whether or not, like, I 100% I, I agree. Like, diamonds, like, for sure. Like, I really remember, like, my first teacher, like, Carmen, like, really being the one to say, like, these are your foundations. This is how we need to learn. Like, this is how she learned hip-hop, and she learned from Natasha Gori as well. And that was something that I think she really implemented, like, well for me as a dancer. First, my first instance of dance was, like, really, like, foundations that's kind of it but I'm, I don't see that like from everybody like really like putting out there like origins or like foundations of hip-hop like I really only got it from like breaking and like from yeah Carmen that was kind of it I, but I I think there is like more focus on clout rather than the historical basis of dance itself which is again, it, it, it comes issue. back to the money though it just comes back to the finance and business aspect the media portrays instagram where it's 15 second videos people's intention span is gone so then when there's um no um hang on one second uh, he said, <laughs> I'm getting McDonald's. Don't tell me he's at the drive thru. Don't, don't tell me he's at the drive thru. Oh, don't say that. Get me some fries. Get me some he's fries. He's like, hold on one second. I would like some fries. I gotta feed my kids. I would like fries and vanilla ice cream. Thank you very much. That's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing, AJ. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm back. I was buying my cousin's food. I'm sorry. What I was trying to say is the attention span of today's society. It was 15 seconds to 60 to 60 seconds. Thank you. Um, and now it gets to a point where everyone's like, okay, I don't have it. I have an attention span of a goldfish. So I don't have time to really sit down and learn everything. Therefore, I need the quick fix. Yeah, it's a spoiling. And honestly, it comes from the media and then what the media is doing. There's a way to capitalize on the media. And I tell me this when we're consulting other organizations. We always say, don't change the message. Change the way you deliver the message. Period. So... I'm not going to go and say, okay, it's everyone's all about um, these quick choreo, shape, shape, tick, tick, cheerlead, drop down. I'm not going to go and teach this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bring my street dance style, put it into the choreo world, and I'm going to show people this is what street dance is. What you're doing is called popular dance culture. So it's watered down. It, it, there's a way, but people are like, okay, let's follow the trend. Let's copy. Doo -doo -doo. Let's find this tick tick shape. Let's bring this, like, w the whole urban thing. Don't even get me started with that one. I'm like, we, we no, we that. We, no, no, we you done? no, 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 no,
good. No. Okay. No, okay. Then I'm I'm done. Uh, okay. Uh, anyone else who hasn't said anything want to add to this? I do. I'm gonna bring it up. I. Right. Then. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I did want to put in a. I do want to throw out there. Uh. Er, uh. Actually. Okay. I'll switch to this first before we go to urban. Uh. Popular or unpopular opinion. All studios should bleep out the N-word in their music. I mean, like, that's just the, like, that's just, wait. Competitions, you don't have the N-word. When you're doing drop-ins, like, there, are, there might be kids there. I feel like that's more of a conversation as in, like, what, like, what's the context? Is this an adult group? Is this, like, you're teaching kids? Is this, you are, like, like, I feel like, no you know that you're not supposed to say it. It's like at a party, do you bleep out the N-word or not? No. You know what your responsibility is. You know what the word means. You know all these things. It's your, it's your responsibility. It's not our job to make you comfortable. You need to adapt because you know what's wrong and right, in my opinion, at least. Me. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Anybody? Uh, yeah, I was just going to. Um, so on that note, um, what we need to think of in terms of music is that, like, nigga, that word is a part of Black culture, right? Um, so I'm, I'm so dead. I said it and my Google thing reacted. It's like, yep, you're right. Thank you. <laughs> right. So because of that, like, it, I don't think there's because it's not included in song tech competitions, X, Y, Z, yes. But I think being like, oh, white people shouldn't play songs that have nigga in it if they're teaching. I'm like, no, that's not, I don't know if that's what you're saying, but that's like, that's in no way, shape or, I don't think that is okay. They should like, again, because the word is a part of black culture, because the music is a part of black culture, it should be played, people should know. Now, yes. if Karen teaching her hip hop class wanted to say the word nigga i would be like listen what we're not going to do is that that's not what we're going to do but in terms of in terms of um playing the music in an environment like again i agree with you that they should have um they should use their judgment as teachers mm -hmm. where and when to play it. i think my opinion my stance on that is i don't i don't think that it should be bleeped out. I agree. It is a, a part of black culture and that is ours. And I really feel like that is something that we own. But I do think that if there is a lack of education behind it to really tell like your students, like this is something that you can't use. Like this is, I, I feel like if you're not giving the full kind of like context about it, people are going to say it rather than just, oh, bleep out the N-word or, oh, say ninja instead you know what i mean because i feel like mm -hmm. that evolves and becomes something different because i feel like the taboo of the n-word for other people becomes like a fun thing because for me mm -hmm. the n-word for other people became my name in song instead you see what i'm saying well yeah, can i, I, I totally can i add on to that i wanted to add on and say well if we're gonna bleep out the n-word 
or if we're not going to bleep out the N-word, then in my opinion, all Ebonics should not be bleeped out because Ebonics is part of black culture. There are slangs, you know, there are slangs uh, that are bleeped out, you know, uh, calling a girl a thought or whatever, or hoes and, you know, she's trifling. The Ebonics language has been bleeped out from calling women derogatory names, calling men derogatory names, et cetera, et cetera. So if we're going to bleep out the N-word, then we got to bleep out all Ebonics, which they are doing, which has been done. So we can't just say N-word is allowed and all other words, bitch, hoe, ass, motherfucker, like... That's not, a, you, you can't, we can't just pick and choose. It's either take out that one word completely and all Ebonics or everything else should stay in. And that just depends on what Petra was saying. Uh, depends on the class. Is it an adult class you're teaching? Is it a class with kids, et cetera, et cetera. You know, because like Nee also said, it's part of black culture, but you also got to remember it's the slang too. We changed, we didn't, we went from nig, from nigger to nigga. And a lot of people don't understand, a lot of black activists, um, I just found this out recently, um, are starting to change the word uh, into an acronym. And it's starting to mean never ignorant, getting goals accomplished. And that is what they're trying to empower this word. So like, that's another topic, but anyways, that's just my standpoint uh, on the N word. You either take it out, with everything or keep it in with everything i agree with um delphina i feel like if you're taking it out or if you're like bleeping it out without any context or if you're leaving it in without any context without you you telling your students hey this is a part of the culture this is how they talk this is what they say this is how the black community black culture this is how it's been shaped up or this is why it is you just kind of leave it as is it's going to become something else like i've seen it she's seen it it's more like a, well, if we're bleeping it out, this is why we're bleeping it out. If we're leaving it in, you can't say it. And this is X, Y, Z. This is why you can't say it. It's not more like a, oh, it's just, it's taboo. Like we shouldn't talk about it. Yes, you should talk about it. You should be talking about every single uncomfortable piece about the culture that you are partaking in because you are a guest. That's just the facts, the truth, and the tea. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> when you are talking about the N word or you're talking about like, if you're like, What's a trick? Like, what's a, like, in the songs that you are using, you need to be able to talk about that. I understand if it's kids, you just want to bleep it out. You don't want to talk about it, that, that they're kids. They don't need to, like, they don't need to know. You can, like, you can inch it, but you don't want to, like, jump into what, like, a trick daddy is. Like, you can't, you don't want to, like, you don't want to get into it all the way, you know what I'm saying? But, like, if you're not willing to speak to your older students or you're not willing to speak to your, like, middle middle-aged to your like middle school age to like older students about like why things are and aren't okay um I don't think people like that are qualified to like teach like hip-hop classes because it is uncomfortable like we said before you have to be able to get uncomfortable in order for you to fully grasp the culture properly like the n-word is uncomfortable the history of the n-word the rec like reclaiming it and everything is for black people we know that but if you're not willing to talk about it, if you're not willing to touch on it, then I don't you then what are you what else are you not willing to talk about? That's a, I'm like that's the bare minimum. That's the bare minimum when we're talking about like the discomforts that go along with black culture. So 
yeah, it's just like the education that goes along with it. Cool. Period. Uh, period, for real. Uh, where should we go? Okay, so, uh, so how, okay, I, I don't know if anyone else has been noticing um, as well, but it kind of seems like there is a switch on social media from the Black Lives Matter movement to more focus on sexual assault victims and not to play, not to downplay that experience as well, but to me, it kind of seems like, I don't know, how, how do we feel about kind of the switch and more of like the focus and some of these, like it's I leading into performative allyship, how? So um, yeah. I'm probably gonna be crucified for saying this, um, but I feel like people don't really understand what Black Lives Matter means. Black Lives Matter does not only encompass police brutality. Black Lives Matter means LGBTQIA plus Lives Matter, which encompasses gay rights. Black Lives Matter means Black Women Matter, which encompasses women's rights, right? Um, so to disregard the entire sentiment for a part of the sentiment um, is, is really looking at things with tunnel vision rather than looking at things in their whole, in the whole context. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, sexual assault needs to be spoken about. These people need to like these, if these perpetrators need to not be teaching people, then we need to get them out. Um, but what my, not issue, I'm not gonna call it an issue. And again, people may crucify me for this. But for me personally, it seems like every, two things about this. One, it seems like every time black people speak about an issue, because of how strong we are and how vocal we are about issues we speak of, we lend a voice to all other marginalized groups and to also speak of their oppression, right? Or speak of what's going on in their communities. But it also seems like in some ways with some people that people are like, oh, you're gonna talk about Black Lives Matter? Well, let's talk about what happened to me too. And so it almost seems in some ways with some people that they're completely pushing aside that, uh, like the BLM um, movement, again, for a, and again, I may be wording this wrong, but for a, uh, a tunnel vision sector of what the BLM movement actually encompasses. Me. Would you then say that as Black people, we're not really guided in a direction that's good for us because we're basically not strong enough to keep stay focused on what we're doing? I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's us as Black people. Um, I think it's the world and social media, really, that is, because I mean, at this point, social, social media is the one controlling the narrative for everything, right? Which is why we also need to be careful about how we ingest information on social media, because it could be twisting things, pulling them up, down, left, right. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying that, because I'm not saying that Black people still aren't fighting for BLM. I'm saying that the, the focus, like Delphina said, the focus, the focus has completely shifted in that sense. 
I think it's more of an idea about intersectionality. Like you said, Black Lives Matter encompasses all Black lives, including mm -hmm. like LGBTQIA, women's rights, all that. Like we wouldn't have Me Too without a Black woman. Black right. Lives Matter started by Black women. Um, like Stonewall riots were started by Black queer women and non-binary people. Like we are all part of the like the whole inter like they're intersex like i don't stop being black because i am a woman i also face like struggles with being a woman like gay people don't stop being black because they're also gay they have to do both you know what i'm saying so but i also think i also agree like when we are talking about black issues you see it a lot on the internet um it's the what abouts the what abouts the what about this what about that what about this right now we're talking about this you know what i'm saying um like my word, my biggest annoyance is the what about black on black crime? I know like that's everybody's biggest annoyance. The what, like when people try to derail is when it becomes an issue. Not saying that whatever you're talking about isn't important because it 100% is, it always is. And we will get to it. But right now, right now we are talking about like police brutality or we're talking about representation. We're talking about colorism. We don't want to derail from the conversation at hand. And I always say like when I make a post, when people say what about i'm like well nobody's stopping you from starting your own conversation and i always say that as respect like respect oh my goodness what's the word <laughs> i try to be as respectful as possible um but when you like when we are having a certain conversation let me just say police brutality in this instance if you come in with a what about or we should also talk about um i'm gonna kindly tell you to keep it pushing because when we are talking about a certain issue we want to talk about and address that certain issue we will get to whatever you're talking about or whatever someone else is talking about which is very important L not later but we will get to it like there's room for everyone we can multitask we can do everything at once but derailing from one conversation to get to another is not going to help any help anyone because we're like we're half we're giving half attention to everything is what i'm trying to say you know what i'm saying yeah. so if we're if we're saying, oh, like, we're going to talk about this, we're going to address, like, colorism within the community or, like, colorism within, like, let's say the dance community, like, how lighter skinned dancers, this and that, blah, blah, And someone says, well, what about me? Like, I'm light-skinned and my life was hard. Or when people say, like, you know what I'm saying. That's taking away, that's not going to help you and that's not going to help me. Because now all I'm thinking about is how you distracted from what the, the very important topic that I'm talking about that needs to be addressed and then you're you're just intersecting what i'm saying you're not really well all topics saying. matter all yeah all topics <laughs> matter they do but we're talking about one topic right now and then you're not actually bringing attention to your topic all we can think about now is how you derailed we're not actually thinking about what you brought up you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so inter being intersectional is a very 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 important part of Black Lives Matter because you cannot leave out certain groups of Black people in your activism or else it's not holistic. It's not, it's not mm -hmm. real, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But taking away from other pieces in order to get your, your little two cents in, it's not helping anyone either. So I think that while we can do everything, we need to, we need to I don't know, put enough energy into something in order to actually make a change. We can't like, we we need to be strategic about where we place our energy because if we exactly. digress too much, uh, again, like you said, things will end up just being half done. 
half done exactly it, it, it gets into it gets into things for me it gets into things like white people being like well white people get killed by cops too and i'm like okay well why aren't you fighting against police brutality too you know what i mean there's there's uh, for me personally i feel like there's no with a lot of the people who are speaking or trying to digress they don't realize that what they're saying is also like we've been saying is also a part of the black lives matter movement mm. right um, so yeah, that's, that's my, that's my take on, uh, what's been going on. And I feel like us half doing everything is why we're where we are today. Like it's 2020 and people are still being like, okay, but I stopped saying the N word. Like I'm not racist anymore. Or like, you know, like I've done this little bit of change and now racism is over. Like, and now we're at the point where everyone's like, no, 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 no. Like, look at the systems we live in. Look at the society. Like this is deep rooted. And we're not gonna fix this just by like some little surface level, okay, I told my mom to stop being racist, now I'm done. Like we got a lot to change and we're not gonna do that if we keep half-assing. Like <laughs> let's fix this problem, even though it's gonna take a lot of reform and a lot of discussion and a lot of efforts. And then we're gonna fix all the problems hopefully because we wanna just keep moving forward with everyone, with everything and keep fixing things, you know? So, yeah. Um. I think, I think it's a little, personally, I think it's a little tough um, because with the Black Lives Matter movement getting the attention that it's been getting over the last little while, naturally, and you know, and it's so important that it does get the attention that it deserves because it's speaking on an entire community that has been oppressed for longer than most of us even um, have been around um, and, bef and, bef and beyond that. Um, so, you know, this is now an opportunity for, I guess, like, you know, an entire culture and community of people to be um, not only heard, but also uh, what we need to realize is that like, it's not just black people. This, this ultimately affects everybody as well, you know? Um, uh, it's not, even, even like as, I think we've all kind of said this as well, but it's like, it's not just black lives. It's not just, you know, it's also, um, uh, I mean, within that as well, there's, um, you know, there's black people who are trans, black people who are gay, black people who are uh, mixed, all of all sorts. But I think um, with this movement kind of getting the attention that it's getting, naturally, other, as we said, you know, other people, uh, and other communities, or, um, or, and when I say communities, I mean people, not necessarily a community, but like people who have experienced um, similar hardships. Um, those people also want to be heard as well. So to um, talk about the question that Delfina um, asked, you know, when it comes to allyship as well, um, I think that it's important that, because, you know, like I said, this movement definitely and and all of this it needs to be heard and quite frankly the change is going to take a long time because you know this fight has been going on a lot longer than we have been fighting it and uh you know it's it's going to take a long time um uh but i think with us being in a position where we're asking for allyship you know we're asking for not asking for people to listen um but uh, we need we need we need allies in the process, and so I feel like 
if there are people out there who, of course, you know, have something that they need to say as well, I feel it's important that we should um, at least have the decency to like listen as well and not necessarily make somebody feel as if they're being put on the back burner, you know, because I feel that, um, I feel like, again, we're all going through this, you know what I mean? Nobody wants to struggle. Nobody wants to like have to endure any kind of um, pain, especially nobody wants to feel silenced. And if anything, as, as a community, that's the last thing black people, or that's, that's one thing that nobody wants to feel is being silenced because we've been silenced um, for a long time. Um, but uh, I just feel like kind of, as I was saying in the introduction, like about implementing the changes and stuff. Um, I think one thing that we just, we need to be mindful of uh, are those that I guess um, uh, want to be heard as well. That unfortunately is all the time we have for today. Before I, before we stop the recording, I want to, uh, um, I, what I really wanted to pose was how can we see our like our dance studios like our dance leaders like really um make the change and like bring to the attention that you you do have black students and black individuals that are coming to you uh that are that attend here and how can we make this a space for them um i think me yours i saw something on harbor so since i not to put the spotlight on you but i'm gonna do it anyway uh, <laughs> I, I would like to know uh, like what this kind of really entails. Like what does this look like? Like you're hired, I guess, like as a cultural consultant, like how does this look like just as a message to like our smaller communities of dancers out there? Um, well, basically what it means at this point is that there, uh, and what went on with, I held a talk a few weeks ago um, and what, what the purpose of that was to create a create a net of um, accountability is everyone is now on the same page in terms of that in, in Vancouver specifically almost every single studio if not all of them have been culturally appropriating from black culture and have been stealing from black culture so what this means in terms of harbor or what's been great with harbor is that the, uh, one of the owners of Harbor, as soon as the meeting was over, she was like, yo, we need to change our class names, we need to do this, we need to make sure we change our to make sure our teachers are qualified, da 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 And what that now does is um, it, it sets a standard uh, for, for dance in terms of Black culture within the city. Because you go, if you go into anything uh, colonial, like ballet, and I mean, that seems like really all they have. Um, that sounds really shady, but um, when it comes to uh, like a style like ballet, there's a school for this. You know what I mean? There's a criteria for this. You need to reach a certain level before you become a teacher. But I feel like the same, the same respect was not given to dance styles of the Black diaspora. Now that we're saying y'all can't be taking our, our, our shit and watering it down, now there's, again, a collective understanding that there needs to be respect given to Honestly, the reason why all of these studios are open is because of dances from Black culture, because tap is ours, jazz is ours, um, my musical theater is ours, hip hop is ours, breaking is ours, dance hall is ours, 
Afro beats and stuff. Like, they're, they're all our styles of dance. And so really the only thing that they offer that is European is ballet, right? So if your studio is staying afloat because of Black culture, you need to make sure that you are respecting the culture by giving credit to those who came before and credit and making sure you're giving back to those in your community. And you need to um, uh, make sure that you are accurately representing the culture, which goes into class descriptions and class names. Uh, so in terms of Harbor specifically, Harbor has been great in the sense that as soon as things happen, they made sure that it was known that there were changes that was gonna be made in order to better respect uh, the African diaspora. So like, give great kudos to them. And, I'm gonna be working with them as a cultural consultant um, for, I mean, as long as need be. So, so yeah, they've been, they've been good that way though. Cool, awesome. Uh, so thank you all for joining us today. I hope we can maybe do something again, who knows. Uh, so yeah. if, you're, if you're watching and you haven't liked the video or subscribed already, please do so. And uh, yeah, thank you all for watching, bye. Thank <laughs> you.